0: Hey, Dr. Aaron here, teaching consciousness in the heart of La La Land. And I'm super excited because today's guest is Corey Jenkins. Thanks so much for coming down.
1: It is my pleasure. (laughs) Uh,
0: Corey is a highly evolved human being, very conscious. And uh, there's been just this, this inspiration within my heart To have a conscious conversation with men because i believe Mm. that in this time in history we have so many options in the dating world to business to uh vitality and health there's just we're just bombarded with so much information and i know that there's a lot of men that are uh desiring to you know find themselves if they Mm. will if we will so i want to have that conversation to find out how what's your journey how did you come to being such an amazing human being
1: Well, let's do it real quickly. I want to also applaud you, Aaron, for producing this in a media and a video environment because it's, it's hard enough to find the subject and find somebody to talk about. It's a whole other thing to produce it for other people to see it. So I'm happy to be here and uh, I'm an open book, let's do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know that um, that you had a few things. First of all, I know that you uh, do exclusive coaching for like high-end kind of personal and professional. And I also know that you had the talk show, uh, very popular on YouTube years back and you still do it, The Mailroom TV, you're a co-host and producer on that. Absolutely, right? that
1: was sort of my first introduction merging personal development with video production. And at the time, we came up with this great tagline, which was helping women understand men and men understand themselves. Good luck. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, the whole thing, right? Yeah, but, right? And the idea was, you know, let's talk about experiences that everybody's having. And at the same time, as men, let's admit, we don't totally know what's going on inside ourselves. Mm-hmm. So if we can produce a conversation that, you know, otherwise was taboo, because it was men revealing themselves, Mm -hmm. um, being emotionally vulnerable, talking about sex, talking about relationships, talking about dating. That was kind of how I got started and then subsequently went on to start the coaching business, primarily focused on helping people uh, in change and transition. So the discussions Mm -hmm. often still include relationships and love and intimacy, but also Mm -hmm. I often help people with professional development, uh, trauma, spiritual development, um, and a few other
0: things. Mm -hmm. So wonderful because I know that you personally have gone through, I think that anyone that's a coach if they haven't gone through something themselves if they haven't you know had to go through their own trials and triumphs i don't know how they're ever a coach so i know and i don't really know your whole story around that so that's sure. why i want to have you on here i know we're going to get into another segment on another show about fun about conscious dating and get into kind of the the schmutz of it but this one i just i really want to get into your personal story so you know, what have you been through? What's been, what brought you to, you know, the calling of being a coach?
1: Sure, Uh, well, I will share a little bit and then please interject because Mm -hmm. I'll warn you, if you give me the stage, I'll take it (laughs) and I'll just make it all about me. (laughs) But, uh, you know, you're gonna find that there's a word I use constantly and it's awareness. Uh, For me, it's the best word that I have been able to find to describe this overall experience. Uh, If I were to expand my description a little bit, it would be the ability for a person so in this case, me, but it easily could be you or anyone watching your program to be able to effectively observe themselves from outside themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, or, originally, I heard a great quote from Abraham Maslow, which was what was necessary to change a person is to change their awareness of themselves. Mm-hmm. So for me, that sort of struck something with me, um, which made me start to evaluate you know, basically why is it that I do what I do? And what I started to see is if I looked back over my life, there were a lot of experiences I had that changed me or shaped the way I thought without me really knowing about it. So you use this word consciousness a lot. And I think there's a lot of ways to look at that word as well. But for me, part of that is being conscious of where my belief systems got formed. And then going, okay, so I see how I came to think or believe the way that I do. But now that I see that an experience shaped a belief do I actually believe that? Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, that's what we teach in, you know, new thought. And you know, spiritually, it all comes down to the belief. And we it really should be, I'm thinking about it today, that it actually should be changed from beliefs to consciousness. Because mm-hmm. people get confused. They think, well, if I believe something, it doesn't mean it's true. But consciousness is what makes it true, right? But, mm-hmm. but, okay, so I'm thinking about someone out there watching this, some guy or some gal, and they're thinking, well, that's cool that he's aware, or that's cool that he's, you know, but I'm sure that for you, it took something probably hard or something to go, I gotta wake up and become aware. So what was that for you?
1: Yeah, you know, um, I I don't think I have the same story that you hear a lot where it's a definitive event, but for me, it was more a conglomeration of events. So if I could share my story really quickly, it would be that my upbringing was pretty normal. Uh, No significant events where it was, oh, this happened and then I changed. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like a lot of people, I stumbled into my college experience, not really knowing what I was doing. That was probably my first experience being bad at stuff. You know, I, when I was younger and before the world got competitive, I could keep up for the most part. But as soon as I hit college, it was this bigger world. Um, I wasn't good at engineering, which is what my um, you know, well-meaning parents directed me towards as far as studies. I was kind of lost. Um, at that point, there was probably the first experience with low self-esteem wow, I'm not good at this, what I want to do. So I ended up getting an undergraduate degree in business, not because I'm necessarily a super passionate business person, uh, but that was there and I thought I should finish my college degree. And then Aaron through maybe a little bit of hard work, but also some luck, I ended up having what I would call a, a pretty successful early career. So, you know, by the time I'm 25, I, and making good money, which was very different from my upbringing. Right when I when I was raised, there was just barely enough money to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, things are changing. The world's changing a little bit. I have resources. This is at
0: before two thousand and eight. I'm assuming it is. Yeah, yeah. we're talking mm-hmm. around like
1: two thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, we we're so, all
0: living high on the hog. We had it, thought we had it all. Right.
1: Well, and for <laughs> it's me, never
0: going to change. Yeah, <laughs> and it was
1: also my first exposure to that. Right, and so mm-hmm. and also the competitive part of me was kind of excited that. It looked like I was sort of winning when I looked at myself versus my peers, et cetera. Um, but what ended up happening was a, a series of things in business went really well. Um, all of a sudden I've got more resources, I've got more freedom. I moved from Colorado where I was raised to Southern California. And then and this is where I think my story's a little bit different. So I'm at 27 years old or so. And really this is the first time in my life I started to get attention from women. Um, I could buy the things I wanted to buy. I didn't have to work nearly as hard as you would think for the amount of money that I was making. So I had a ton of freedom Mm -hmm. um, and I I got to explore a lot of things. And two things really came together for me at that time. One was uh, somebody told me about a Wayne Dyer book. I had never read a spiritual book that spoke to me before. I had- He's great. Yeah, well, and for me, it was my Mm -hmm. first exposure. That was the biggest thing, right? Some people hearing that might go, oh, Wayne Dyer, I know about him, doesn't work for me. But for me, it was as if somebody had written down my thoughts. And so, you know, you talked a little bit about conscious men. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, this is the first time I'd heard a man be vulnerable in what he wrote and have me, be re- mm-hmm. had and have me relate so to it. So
0: important, huh? So many few male role models that are actually vulnerable and speaking from the heart.
1: And, and I'd never seen that exist. Uh, you know, for me, the only thing I'd ever seen in that category was like Tony Robbins. And with all due respect to him, not my brand. Uh, I'm not into the bigness and the production of it. I really wanted to hear somebody Mm -hmm. share from their heart. So this got to me. Um, I started to attend various personal development programs. Um, I don't know, every couple of months I would attend. I was Mm -hmm. spending a ton of money on all these Mm -hmm. things. So I was really thirsty for this. No pun intended, uh, ironically, I also at that time, uh, you know, started to abuse alcohol Mm -hmm. without me knowing it, though, right? Now I know a lot more about that, and I understand that there uh, are people that are predisposed to that, where um, the, the experience of craving can be generated by putting that into my body. There's also a certain obsession of the mind that I didn't know that I had. So I had this kind of interesting story where I was already interested in a higher level of awareness. But at the same time, I was choosing a very poor strategy to get there. Wow. And uh, it's, I don't such
0: know a, it's such a great point. Like, it seems like you're talking about how at the times where you thought it was all good, like, you know, you were making money, you had the women, you had all these things. Those are It's actually like the time that was like, maybe not the blessing at all. The blessing came in the hard times whenever, which is so fascinating. And I know that we have to take a break. but oh. When I come you back, I wanna hear more about that. Cause I do know, I know that there was some, you know, recovery and going through that. And I want to have your perspective because I know that it's, sometimes people want it to be anonymous. And what do you feel about that? So what I wanna okay. find out more when we come back and how you handle that. Um, in your coaching and, and what advice you'd give for other men out there that have going through that right now that want, you know, they know maybe there's some kind of a problem, but maybe it's not, they're not like on heroin, right? They haven't like hit that kind of a low, but yet they know that it's like not really working for them. There's something in them they know. So when we come back, I'd like to, uh, talk about that, looking forward to really talking about getting conscious as a man and, uh, looking at, you know, your dark side and seeing what, what are you going to do about it? Right. How do you handle that? So we'll be right back. Okay. Dr. Aaron here, Doctor of Divinity, teaching universal laws and spiritual truth. And I am thrilled to announce the new show on Focus Television right here in West Hollywood, Los Angeles, California. Join us weekly as I interview incredible people, celebrities to your next door neighbor, you name it, your girlfriend. We're going to dive into such topics as love and relationships, health and vitality, business and money, and creative expression. And I'm thrilled to just go on this awakening journey with you as we tap into meditation, visioning processes, intuition, and all the above. So stay tuned as we do this together. Okay, we're back with Corey Jenkins and we're talking about recovery we're talking about becoming a conscious man and that's a little tough in the heart of Mm -hmm. la la land with so much like glitz and glitter everywhere and all the produced women and just there's just so much here and so i want to hear more about how did you know how did you what was the moment where you said you know what i gotta stop i gotta stop drinking
1: Mm. Uh, um so bear with me here because i want to share this story Mm -hmm. um i also have a visceral reaction sometimes because um you know, it's one of those moments, it's actually really difficult to put words to it. Um, and I don't have the exact story where there was an identifiable blowout, like you might hear from some other people. It was actually an emotional bottom, Aaron. Um, there were a couple of things that started to identify themselves as signs. But being that my entire life had been built around self-reliance, it was unfathomable that I couldn't handle a problem on my own which is so different. Well, it's not so different from how I think today, but it's still something I battle with, right? I'm a man and I was conditioned to believe that the most masculine thing I could do is be self-reliant and at my best, maybe provide for others, but certainly not be dependent on anyone or anything, certainly not a spiritual solution. So for me to come to grips with the idea that, that there was something like, that other people can do without any problem, but it affected me differently it was very difficult and I couldn't solve this problem. Right, it's like
0: an ego thing. Like a man's like, oh, I got to conquer, wait, I got to surrender. Oh my gosh, I never thought of it like that. That's incredible. Yeah,
1: and, and you know what I can tell you to try to answer your question, because I, I do want to uh, you know respect the, the production environment here is that there was a morning when I woke up <laughs> mm-hmm. where I made the call. I, I called uh, somebody else who, had made themselves available to me if I thought I needed some help. And i um, will <clears throat> see how this turns out in post. No, it's really um, great.
0: Thank you for getting vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I want
1: to be because it, it is something that um, I, I'm not resistant. This is just visceral. Um, you know, and, and what was so cool is this person said to me, they didn't try to recruit me. They didn't try to tell me I had a problem. They didn't try to tell me I was wrong or bad. What they said is, do you think you have a problem? And Aaron, my answer was actually, I don't know. Because again, I couldn't believe that that was the case. So his advice to me was, well, go check it out. He didn't say, oh my gosh, you've done something so horrible. He said, watch and see what happens the next time that you drink. And then let's get back together in a week. And <clears throat> you know, I'm not gonna turn this into a, a horrible detailed story, but what I can tell you is when I got back together with him a week later and he said, give me the report, number one, I trusted him enough to give him an honest report. Mm-hmm. And number two, it was undeniable that the results of me drinking were causing damage to my life. Mm-hmm. And at that time I was not even aware of where else it was causing damage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was a big part of it. And that was just, I mean, that's just the turning point. Um, from there, there was, you know, a lot of work to be done, which brings us back to the idea of awareness. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason I'm such a big fan of anybody who doesn't matter if it's a substance use, abuse problem, just if they, are searching for something to look around and find resources because, you know, I, I found a program that exists out there and I like it, but there's lots of others out there. There's lots, yeah. And,
0: and and I mean, coming from California, I mean, if you are in our culture, you've dealt with addiction, whether it be yourself, whether it be a parent, a child, a sibling, whatever. And um, and I think that there's probably a lot of stigma thinking that you have to be kind of a, a drunk on the street or like I said, like a heroin addict. There's, such huge spectrums of what addiction looks like and i just think it's really awesome that you you know really looked at that because probably most people would just keep going with it for the rest of their life like a lot of people do and just you know a functioning alcoholic probably where you can still do stuff but it's really your life's really falling apart on the back end so i really really think i really just think it's so important for leaders to get vulnerable i feel like In today's world, we have so many leaders that are, you know, on Instagram and things where everyone tries to be fake. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for us to start all getting really, really real. And I know I've dealt with addiction. I had um, an eating disorder from the time I was 17 Mm. to like 2021, and it was literally one of the hardest things I ever went through. So I can completely relate. And it's uh, really nice to have a man that, is just putting it out there and and getting teary because it's really, we need more men to cry. Gosh, darn it, right?
1: (laughs) Uh, And I I, I appreciate that, and I appreciate that you've had your experiences. And uh, this might sound like a little bit of a far-fetched thought for some people, but at this point, I'm convinced that this whole thing is a gift. And and it's not for some uh, flaky, hard-to-describe reason, other than now when I look at all of my cumulative life experiences, this all makes sense. Mm -hmm. It works. Um, I'm honestly less interested in being around people that don't have a little color to their life. You know, if it's all worked perfectly the whole time, I don't know how interesting you're going to be to talk to. Right. I really enjoy Mm -hmm. hearing that, you know, somebody has gone out and experimented with life more so than read a book and tried to do it right.
0: But we're not supposed to tell the kids that. We're supposed to tell them. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) No, I mean, that's what I've heard from uh, high schools and stuff. They don't want people coming in and saying they had an addiction and then they got better. I don't know why, but it's something, mm. but there's interesting, but I want to hear more. So I'm so glad that we got vulnerable. I'm so glad that you got to share some of the deeper stuff. But when we come back, cause we've taken another break yeah. and I want to hear about the mail room because yeah, the mail rooms, you. you know, just like, I think that for my, my opinion, a great interview is like where you get really deep, where you get some fun, whatever. And I know <laughs> that you've had all of the above. Yeah. And so I want to hear about how you dealt with, you know, uh, more of a shallow conversation, if you will, around dating while you were going through kind of, you know, any of that stuff in your life, like how you had the balance in that. So when we come back, I want to hear about the mail room, uh, dating online on YouTube and all the conversations. And, you know, it's a fun topic. So uh, we're going to hear some of the juice behind the scenes when we come back. Hey there thanks for tuning in to the dr. Aaron show I'm thrilled to be here on this journey together and I wanted to say that if you like share and comment this community it's very important as we go higher together I also want to invite you to download my app on everything from iTunes to iHeartRadio to Google Plus I know right here and right now that each day I want to be in your life for 11 minutes seven days a week 365 days a year there's also 30 guided meditations on there along with all kinds of goodies. So have a divine day and may you live your truth. Okay, we're back with Corey again, and we get to talk about the good stuff this time. (laughs) So when Corey was coming on, I thought, what were the, I want to ask, what were the hottest topics? What were the best segments on YouTube for the mailroom? So he wrote me back and he said, these were the hottest topics. He said-
1: Just the hottest topics, by the way. I'm not saying yeah, that he designed them that way. This is- this is. It
0: was just like, yeah, the <laughs> rankings or whatever on YouTube, right? He didn't pick this necessarily, just uh, the rankings of YouTube and how many uh, people watched it. So um, these are, the, I'll just read them off real quick. So number one is what men honestly think about women's bodies Sex, so what mo- men honestly think about sex. Are men emasculated in modern relationships? Intimacy from a man's perspective. How long should I wait to have sex? That's a good one. Mm-hmm. And chemistry versus compatibility. So I wanna know, what was your favorite segment?
1: Oh, wow. Um, well, before I answer that, I'd say, you know what's the common denominator among most of those top hitting videos was the idea that it was an honest conversation. And that was the whole idea of the program was, we didn't want to produce more pop culture content what we really wanted to produce was the revealing of, of thoughts so you know it'd be hard to narrow them down but what i can tell you is you know the one that has the most views is the what men honestly think about women's bodies mm-hmm. and it went viral uh shortly after it went out and i was surprised because in the world of three minute videos this is a 60 minute video
0: oh wow
1: yeah it's just amazing and i think what affected people was, uh, and I was a little younger when we produced that video, but it was myself and I want to give credit to my old co-host. We were like polar opposites, right? Back then I would wear like a shirt and tie. He was this crazy Hollywood guy that was just all over the place, but it really worked well. And when people got to, you know, 15, 16 minutes in the video, they realized, wow, these guys are throwing it down. Like these guys aren't just talking about, you know, Uh, the tabloids and pop culture. Like these guys are talking about what we really experience. And I think the biggest revelation in there Mm -hmm. is that we think women are sexy and we're going to find something on you that we like from the strictly physical part. So don't worry about it so much. Mm -hmm. And so guys
0: aren't like, oh, that doesn't look good. They're just thinking that looks good. They don't even see what doesn't look good. Is that what? Yes, okay. in fact,
1: somewhere in there, I wish I could remember my own quote, but basically I said, don't worry about it because I'm gonna find something on you that I like, and that's where my attention is gonna go. And what would really make you stand out would be some a woman who has some level of self-awareness mm-hmm. and is willing to get to know me at a different level.
0: Yeah, the whole package, right? Yeah. So what else? So what else did men honestly think about women's bodies?
1: Um, well, what's interesting is, I mean, that title, I think we had, a, we had an old article Where one of the celebrity women had come out and made a big deal about the media focusing too much on uh, women as sex symbols. Um, So, uh, you know, I mean, there were some of those questions like, what do you think about women that are like a size eight or a size 10 or or whatever it was? And, you know, what we said is that we're aware of it and we see it, but we don't place the same emphasis on it that I think a woman does Mm -hmm. that lives inside a woman's body and who is exposed to all of the traditional women being sex symbols in the media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, you know, we see it, of course, um, but we also talked a little bit about how, uh, you know, a strong connection, a strong intimate relationship doesn't always start out with two people thinking that the other one's good looking. You can you can also develop that level of attraction and mm-hmm. that, what do they call it? The Well, the, like the, the chemistry, which is the name of one of the other videos. We found that, you know, sometimes that, f- that flame that you feel can get developed with somebody who you might not look at and think they're super attractive right at the beginning. But once you connect in other ways, intimacy is built. And sometimes the best sexual connections come from that just because Mm -hmm. you're willing to be vulnerable.
0: Right. Right. So I think it's so fascinating. So what else was it like? What was it like? I mean, the production of it, you're Mm -hmm. in there and you're hearing about all the conversations going on. And I'm sure some people are really shallow. Some people are really deep. Like, what did you feel was kind of the whole vibe that the gist of it? Because I would imagine most people that are kind of shallow, I mean, they just step into a conversation. I'm sure they, they get deep really fast, I would imagine.
1: You're right, Aaron. Mm-hmm. and here's what I noticed. Even when we had people come in that we didn't know that well or that we weren't sure how they were going to react, what we found is that when we were, and I'm going to use kind of a, a spiritual term, but when we were holding the energy of the actual show, meaning that we wanted to be honest, almost everybody came in and showed up the way the program was produced. It was almost as if they could have come in and talked to pop culture or they could have come in and treated it like a therapy session and almost every one of them turned out to want to just turn themselves inside out. And you know, men and women who were on the show that we thought otherwise weren't going to bring deep rich content, they found it and it mm-hmm. showed up. And some of them would walk out call us the next day and be like, why do I feel like I just came out of the best therapy session mm-hmm. of my life? And we say, because you came on camera and you were really honest about something. Right. And nobody, not nobody, but very few people do that.
0: Mm-hmm. And don't you feel like, because it's very confusing, and you, uh, it, I just think that we need, we need principles what the people can have like structure around it, like to figure out what they want, what their must haves, what their deal breakers, mm. how to put at boundaries, how to how to respect yourself and live your truth. And and there's so many great programs these days and support systems. And the conversation is probably the most important thing. So I just want to acknowledge you for mm. having that conversation, because I'm sure you've helped a lot of people. Just beginning the conversation is really the first place with, with any kind of awareness, right?
1: It is, and people need to find people they can have that with. And you know, I can't believe our culture doesn't embrace therapy more as a regular practice because I don't think of it as something that people do when they're broken. I think if it's something that everybody needs somebody that they can go talk to for that purpose, an honest conversation. Whereas, you know, Unfortunately, a lot of people end up in seven or 10 year relationships with somebody they met when they were in their early 20s. They've never been vulnerable. They've never had that honest level conversation. So we all need that that outlet, for that sure, source.
0: For sure. Well, I just wanna thank you for coming on. And it's I know I want to say that if you uh, you know wanna work with Corey, he's very evolved, really and truly a very heart-centered man. I really respect you as my friend and professionally and everything. And um, you can find him at uh, Corey L. Jenkins. I always mess it up when I'm emailing him, so <laughs> get the L in there for sure. And um, he does high-end, exclusive kind of executive coaching, right? Primarily. Yeah,
1: yeah really. anybody who's looking for change mm-hmm. and transition, mm-hmm. it's it's helpful if they know what they're working on.
0: Yep. And then the mail the mailroom videos are still up on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube.com/mailroomTV. That's right. Yeah, and they're still good. <laughs> (laughs) Share them, like, comment, and all that good stuff. And we want to know your questions. So please feel free to send your questions in about um, all the above, dating and anything that you're struggling with. And uh, you can always get support groups. I know that there are, of course, 12-step for free, but there's many, many support groups. You can reach out online, Google it, find support groups. Very important for all of us to get a community, and uh, whether it be in the realm of drugs or alcohol, pharmaceuticals. Uh, dating, sex addiction, work addiction, all that. We're all addicts in LA. I mean, you know, who isn't an addict to something? I don't know. I like coffee and sugar personally. i no, just kidding. But anyway, you guys, so have a great day. And thank you so much. Any other, anything else you'd like to... Say as far as how, how they can find you? So uh, no, like I think that? they
1: cover. I mean, I'm also at Facebook.com slash Corey Jenkins. And uh, by the way, I did just put a post up there. There's also a uh, crisis hotline via text that somebody facilitates. And that's on my Facebook page, too. So apparently some people are in a crisis would prefer to text and make a phone call. Oh,
0: great. So. Great. So check it out. He's uh, Corey L. Jenkins on Facebook. You guys have a divine day and may you live your truth.